Publisher Podcast, Episode 54. Welcome to the Publisher Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I've felt what you're feeling And I don't wanna get As a quick reminder, before we get into this episode, I want to let everybody know that we are still in early bird pricing for the Women in Publishing Summit. The tickets right now are $97. That's $100 off the end game price. So make sure that you grab your ticket before December 1st. That's when the price starts to increase as we roll in closer and closer to the conference. So we just finished um, doing all of the speaker announcements. You can go over to womeninpublishingsummit.com and if you scroll down a little bit, you can see a link where you can click on the speakers. And it is a phenomenal lineup. We are very excited about everything that we have going on and um, hope that you will join us this year. All right, let's talk about writing time. All right, so today I want to talk about boundaries. Um, This is something that I struggle with a lot. (laughs) When people ask me how I get all the things done every day, it's really not because I'm superhuman. It's really because I have terrible boundaries. And one of the things that has suffered over the past few years is my writing. So, you know, it's a blessing and a curse that I am able to have this wonderful business that helps so many authors get their books completed and produced professionally and launched and marketed and all of those things, but it's come at a cost of my own writing time. And now that's not the fault of any of my clients. That's at my own fault because what happens to me, and you can you can translate this into your own lives, I'm sure, just substitute my business with your business, um, the day job that you go to or the children that you're rearing or the um, parents that you're caregiving for or the organizations that take up your time. Like we all have Um, Many of us all have other things in our lives that compete for our attention. I will say that one thing that works to my advantage is the busier that I am, the more productive I seem to be. I don't know, maybe that's a myth that I just tell myself, but I find that when I have a lot of free time, I squander it. And, um, and so maybe that's your situation. Maybe you aren't working right now or are retired or your children are grown or whatever the case is, and you actually do have the time. You just don't set up the boundaries in your life well enough to give yourself the time and space to do this, or none of these could be your problems. And if that's your case, um, I would love to hear from you, like how you balance it all or what's going on. But let's talk about those of us who struggle with finding the time to fit writing into our daily lives. And if it's not writing, maybe it's the marketing. Maybe it's the research to get your book published. Maybe it's the creating content for your website because what you really would rather be doing is writing books, et cetera, et cetera. We almost, or I shouldn't say we almost all, I should say that many of the people that I talk to have issues around trying to find the time to do all the things and setting up those boundaries, setting up those priorities, 
and um, and all the things associated with that. So last time we talked about prioritizing launches and making sure that you were doing the um, the absolute necessary things that need to be done and and giving yourself the time and space to make sure that the other pieces were not suffering. So this week I want to get back to the writing prioritization. So it's NaNoWriMo. And um, for those of you who are on my email list or um, attend our webinars or in our Facebook group or any of those things, you know that um, I'm writing fiction and I've been dabbling in fiction for the last few years. I've been trying to get there, but this last year I really hunkered down and said, enough, I am going to make this happen. I'm a nonfiction writer by trade. I know how to sit down and to just throw all my knowledge onto paper and um, and to walk people through this or that, to give stories and case studies, to provide research. Like that comes fairly naturally for me to just sit down and write that type of content. But writing fiction has been a completely different ballgame. Now I'm worried about crafting the perfect scenes. I have to figure out the story arc and does the story arc make sense and is it going in the direction that it should be going? Um, Are my characters well-developed? Do I have um, a good storyline? Do people feel the book? Do they want the book to continue when they're done reading it? You know, all of those things. It's a much higher pressure environment. So um, it's required me to make some changes. And the first thing that I did was when I wasn't getting my book written um, in the time frame that I wanted to, I actually hired a writing coach. And I've been working with a writing coach for the last year, which has been tremendous for me. I've never written a romance book before. I don't know how to write a romance book. I've I've written some fiction, per se, if you will. I mean, I've written over 150,000 words of fiction books that have never been completed, and those are on my to-do list, and I just got tired of it staying on the to-do list. So the first thing I did was I hired um, Kirsten, who has been working with me weekly, and you know each writing coach is going to work with you in a different um, way. I hired her specifically because she is a romance writer and doing quite well at it, and she knows a lot of things. It's not just the writing craft that she has; she's good at the marketing and the positioning and what type of cover and how to find your audience and all of those types of things. So I knew when I hired her, not only would she be helping me develop my craft as a romance writer, but she would also be able to answer big picture questions about making sure that I was positioning myself well and doing all of those things. But as I mentioned, like it's quite a different scenario writing a fiction book. So the way we've worked it is that each week I would write a chapter or a scene or whatever I could get to and I would submit it to her and she would review the writing and on Fridays we get together and she gives me all of her feedback. Sometimes the feedback is tough saying this part was super boring and I have no idea where you were going with this. Sometimes it's great and she'll tell me wonderful things like I've never seen a book open like this. Do you know how cool it was to get that kind of accolades from somebody who's published over 20 books and has thousands of reviews and is just killing it in in the romance world to say this is fresh. I've never seen a book open like this and it really caught my attention. So that was really good. So not everything is, you know, 
critique that's bringing me down. Sometimes it's great things, but she's really good at at looking at my writing and saying, you know, don't forget this is a romance in in as many scenes as possible while you can be giving backstory, while you can be doing things like we can't forget about the romance that's supposed to be happening and bringing this in or stop, pause your writing here. Like you just said that they just kissed and you gave no description whatsoever. Like, this is what your readers want. They want to know how they're feeling. They want to know what she's thinking. They want to know what her body is doing. You know, all these things, pause it, slow it down. So it's been phenomenal for me to be working with her and to get this kind of feedback every week. It's also held me very accountable because I have a standing appointment on the books that I will get the writing done. Now, that being said, Even with the accountability and the wonderful coaching that I've been receiving, like there was no real deadline, real goal. And so it's taken me over a year to write this, you know, 50,000 word book. It's not even a super long book. And it's partly because I, again, didn't have any set boundaries. So I knew that I had to get her a chapter or a scene by the end of the week or by whatever day her deadline was. And often I would find myself just finding time in that last day or two before my deadline, sitting down for an hour and just getting whatever words I could on the paper. So this was good and bad in that, um, again, I work best under pressure and she often tells me that the writing that I submit to her when I'm like, I'm so sorry I did this last minute is usually my best writing. Um, maybe not in terms of um, uh, the actual uh, writing craft, but in terms of the action that's happening because probably because I'm not putting quite as much thought into it. I'm just going with wherever the story leads me. Um, and sometimes it's easier for me to, to do it that way. But it has made it difficult in terms of I'm submitting very, very rough writing to her. And so she's able to give me feedback on the story structure and the character development and the scene development and all of those types of things. But the writing still... It was a skeleton draft, basically. So there, as I went through on my second round, there was a lot of writing that still had to happen because often I would just say, okay, I know they're at the nightclub. I know I want this to happen. Go back and fill in all the details. So it was kind of funny because I got to the end of my draft and then I start going back through, which I thought was going to be like a cleanup revision stage. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I basically still have the whole book to write because I had to go in and fill in all of these different pieces. But it also, I also, one of the things that I really liked working with Kirsten is her, her insistence that I don't try and do it the way somebody else tries to do it, that I make the writing work the way it works for me, that I make my schedule working, where I'm writing, how I'm writing. And she encouraged me to pay attention to those things. When I did my best writing, was it when you were doing voice to text? I use Evernote a lot and there's a voice to text option um, when I'm driving around or walking or not able to sit down and type. I will speak my book, um, which is a huge time saver, by the way, but also um, results in some fun editing changes, um, but also allows you to see fairly quick movement um, in the writing of your book. I haven't been using that as much with this year's Nano, which I'm going to talk about in a second, but occasionally if I'm in a time crunch and I know that I can speak a lot more words in a minute than I can write, um, I will go over and do that. But she was really encouraging to me to find what worked for me. And for me, even though the revision stage or the second round of writing really 
is harder because of this skeleton draft. It actually was very, very helpful to me because my story and my book changed as I wrote it. So by the time I got to the end of the book, I knew things about my characters and what they were going through and what they were doing, and I could use that knowledge and go back and and add things into the story and rewrite and um, improve the whole beginning section of the book. I also knew what things that I had written at the beginning of the book that no longer worked by the time I got to the end of the book. So it was a really messy process, but it worked, and now I'm in the second round of like major revisions and getting close to a copy that I should be able to get in the hands of beta readers. So I came into November, which for those of you who are not novelists, um, may not be aware that November is National Novel Writing Month, but good news, you can be writing anything and participate. Really, in in the first couple years, it was geared towards fiction writers, but in the last couple years, it's really opened up to more of an opportunity for anyone who is trying to write a book to give themselves dedicated time, space, and a network of support to help them write. The goal is lofty. You want to try and get 50,000 words in by the end of the month, month, which winds up to be about 1,700 words a day if you're staying just on that daily target. I try to always overshoot the word count this month each day because I know there will be days where I fall short just because of life. Um, and so I'm really excited to announce that we are on day nine and I have actually hit my word, word goal count or exceeded it every single day. Um, and I was glad I exceeded it on some days because there were a, I, I shouldn't say I hit my word count goal. That's a mouthful. I have written every day and one day was only about 600 words. But because I had exceeded my word count on so many other days, I'm still ahead and projected to finish on November 28th. Whoop, whoop, two days in advance. Every little bit helps, right? Um, But the advantage of something like NaNoWriMo is that it forces you to get a little bit more organized about your writing. Writing 16 to 1,700 to 2,000 words a day, 50,000 words in a month is not something that you can just do sporadically. Like you cannot, and I I can tell you this because I've tried it in the past. There have been months in the past. I always try to do nano, but some years are harder than others. And last year, it just wasn't happening for me. But I tried and um, I didn't get started until about mid-month. And then I tried really hard to catch up. And I actually only wound up doing about 20,000 words last year. But 20,000 words was a good start. And that's 20,000 words I would not have written if this system was not in place for me. So it's only November 9th. It's not too late to join the party. Even if you have a word goal count, a word count goal, there I go again, of 10,000, not 50,000, you know, it's, it's a perfect opportunity to get in when everyone's talking about writing, everyone's talking about doing sprints, everyone's getting together and encouraging each other. And it's just a great time for you to move forward. But that leads me to the topic of today's presentation, today's presentation, this is a podcast, not a presentation. Um, but sometimes I feel like I'm giving a presentation. And that is the whole idea of when you have these big goals and deadlines, How do you set the boundaries? How do you create the system that allows you to actually get your writing done? And that's what I'm going to dig into now. Okay, so for me, finding dedicated writing time is always a bit of a challenge. Um, You know, I'm running a business, I'm running a conference, I'm raising three kids, and it's often difficult for me to set aside dedicated time with all of those things going on. And without something like NaNoWriMo um, that really provides that, 
I guess, built-in accountability system, it's really difficult for me to create a time-bound system that works for me. I talked about working with my writing coach, obviously, and um, that provided some great accountability, but I need more than anything to be able to find a way that I can make writing a daily part of my routine. I, I like to write in the evenings because I seem to find that to be the only time of my day where I don't have a lot going on. So most of the time so far what I've done is basically get my kids settled in for the day, fix dinner, eat dinner with them, and then when they're doing their homework or playing with their friends or doing whatever they do, um, when they're not eating dinner with me and hanging out with me, I like to just sit down and free write and see what happens. I am a pantser by nature, so I very rarely spend much time outlining fiction books, at least. My nonfiction books, I couldn't live without an outline. Um, so you have to find what, what is going to work for you. But what I have started doing is at least sitting down and doing a skeleton outline at some point in time in the process so that I at least know what I'm moving towards, what I want to happen with the characters, what I want the main conflict to be, what I want the dark moment to be, those types of things. I try to jot those down and literally this is one page of a Word doc where I don't even write, you know, sometimes I put chapter numbers, but sometimes I just sit down and and try to come up with the plan, the game plan for the book. Now, what I found with the first book was that I changed that game plan, um, as I discussed earlier, so I'm not going to go back into that. But um, once once I kind of have that, it allows me to write where I feel motivated to write. So in this particular book that I'm writing with NaNoWriMo, I am following the, the, the course of the book in a fairly you know, normal nature. I started at the beginning and I'm writing it all the way through. But as I'm getting um, farther into the book, as I get towards the middle, which I think is often the hardest part for a lot of us, that's where I really struggle. So for me, I will probably, if I do like I've done in my last books, jump to the conflict or the dark moment, jump to the end, write some of those that I know will come easier, and then go back and try and fit in everything that I can in the middle. But that's writing process, that's not time boundaries. So what I have started doing for this nano project is that I knew, for example, November's a, a big month. I go on an annual weekend with um, with my girlfriends that we've been doing. This was our 13th year. We have Thanksgiving. We have a lot of different things going on. And I knew that I needed to get started and get out the gates really, really strongly. So I just committed to a few things that have ha made that a little bit easier. One, I scheduled a writing time with my um, group with our membership um, members and just said, hey, I will be in this group on, you know, whatever date it was from 7.30 to 8.30 if anybody wants to join me in there. And that held me accountable to that time where I knew that I had invited other people to join me. So that was one hour um, that particular week, the first week that I was committed to a time slot and, um, and couldn't just cancel it and say I wasn't feeling it or was too tired or whatever. So I would say that if you have any opportunities to join a writing group or join with others while they're doing their sprints or dedicated writing time, those are really good. They force you to put a time on your calendar and to show up and to do something. I also have a group of gals that um, we were getting together 
for an hour every Friday and writing together. But unfortunately, our schedules have gotten so busy since this summer, we haven't been able to meet. But that I would love to get going again because it again held me accountable. And I knew that on Fridays at 1.30, we were going to meet for an hour and I had that time to just knock out as much as I could, whether it was researching, whether it was free writing, whatever it was doing, times like that that are built into your calendar that you have other people that are, I say depending on you, but it's not like anything is really going to happen if you don't show up. But for me, um, the fear of disappointing people and not showing up holds a lot of weight. So if I have those on my calendar, I, I really try hard to get there. But the other thing that I did with NaNoWriMo this week was that I decided I knew this was going to be a really busy week. Um, Tomorrow, for example, I have interviews and calls and podcast interviews and client meetings and all kinds of things starting at 930 and they don't end until 430 in the afternoon. So on a day like tomorrow, this method is going to work really well for me. And what that is, is in the morning, I just open up a Word doc before I start into anything else. If you're working full time outside of the home, you're going to have to figure out when you can squeeze this in. Maybe it's your lunch break. Maybe it's you getting up a little bit earlier before you leave. Maybe you can, um, you know, schedule in some breaks throughout the day. Um, same around your kids schedule or other schedules that you have going on but in the morning I just I I set the expectation for me that I'm going to go for 1500 to 2000 words during the day and I can do that in multiple short sprints throughout the day so for example today I sat down and um, I happened to have a little bit longer of a window so I was able to knock out about 1500 words right off the bat I also am in a good place in my story and like I said earlier the story is flowing easily but um, I came back later when I had another window of about 30 minutes and I just sat down and I wrote as many more words as I as I could get done Um, I guess I wrote closer to a thousand in the first one because I wound up with a total of about 1600 words for today And I find that having this expectation that I can sit down for 15 or 30 minutes multiple times throughout the day wherever I have a break and I'm just going to sit down and write as much as I can, I find that to be really effective for someone like me because then I am... You know, I'm not waiting till the end of the day. I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to write from 7.30 to 8.30 and hope that I have the energy and the motivation to get it all done. I'm starting out the very beginning of the day and saying, okay, I've got this window right here. I'm going to sit and write as much as I can. And then I'm going to come back during this window. And I've done this for the past couple of days and it's, it's really working well for me. So, you know, I think that like with all things, when we look at a massive word goal count when we look at 50,000 words for a month or whatever your goal is even if it's 10,000 that you know can be an overwhelming number to think about but when you start breaking those down even 1667 words a day feels like a lot of words on some days some days I sit down and it's everything I can do to come up with three or four hundred words in a session so 1600 can seem really overwhelming But when I break those down and say, it's okay if I'm only writing 300 to 500 words in a session, I'm going to write this one and I'm going to come back to it. But I have to create those windows in my schedule. I have to see when I can do that. 
and um, I'm trying really hard not to just get up and get straight to work. I work from home, so I basically start working as soon as I get back from dropping my kids at school. And what I'm what I'm doing now is I'm saying, you know what, you don't have to get straight into your email. It's only eight o'clock in the morning. They, you know, you can start your work at nine. So use that eight to nine hour, which has often been when I get lost in email and start, you know, troubleshooting a lot of things and and getting lost on things that maybe I can ask someone else on my team to take care of or even just wait till a little bit later in the day to do. Now I've got that hour in the morning that is dedicated writing time. And, you know, that's working really well for me for NaNoWriMo. But what I'm working hard to do is to create that habit of writing. And really, I think that is one of the bigger goals of NaNoWriMo, even though it's not, you know, a stated goal. But um, when when you are able to create a habit of doing the work every single day, then it becomes kind of like exercise. You know, for me, it's really hard to get into an exercise routine. But once I've done it for a week or two and I see how much better I feel about myself and I see just I I begin to crave that walk in the morning or that time uh, whenever it is that I'm fitting in some sort of exercise. So, you know, it's not rocket science. I didn't just tell you anything that's going to blow anybody's mind here, but this is what's working for me and it's what I would encourage you to do is to make your writing a priority in your life just like any other priority in your life. Just like we wouldn't put off any key meetings or doctor's appointments or anything else going on in our lives, it's important not to put off our writing time if writing books is truly what a major priority to you. So this is where the boundaries come in. And it's not only boundaries with other people, but often boundaries with yourself. So, you know, the reason that I have started this method with opening up a Word doc in the morning and and forcing myself to write throughout the day is my own boundary because I know how I am and if I don't get words in when I'm fresh and when I have the time and, and throughout the day and I reach the end of the evening, right now we're in the excitement, exciting part. Like we've just started. We're only on day nine of NaNoWriMo. So I'm still going forward strong, but I know there will come a point about a week from now where I'm not nearly as excited about spending an hour of my evening each night writing. So I've set these these boundaries in place for myself that I'm not going to, you know, give up my evenings for an entire month so that I can meet this goal. So I had to figure out another way that I could do that. Part of it is also not stopping myself if I have the freedom to continue writing, if I'm not time bound by something else going on, to continue going forward even if I'm well past my goal. Um, You know, but it's also setting boundaries around the way that I'm spending my time. So I set a boundary when I went on my girls weekend and I told them, I said, this is really important for me to get this in. I'm going to participate as much as I can in the girls weekend, but I want to get you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred words each day while I'm on, while I'm gone on this trip, so that I'm not 
stressed out about this when I get back home. I'm an early riser, so I was the first one up every morning, so I did my best to get on my computer and start writing as quickly as I could, or there were other times when we were just kind of lounging around where I I was inspired, so I pulled out my laptop and wrote as much as I could in that time frame. But then when it was time for us to go downtown, we went and did some Christmas shopping, or when it was time to have dinner together, or those types of things, I could put down my, my laptop and I could participate in the weekend and still have a good time. And nobody felt like I was you know, off on my computer the whole time, and I didn't feel like I was um, cheating myself out of my time away either. So you know, a little bit of pre-planning and deciding when it would work for me to work, letting them know that I would have to do a little bit of writing on the weekend and setting those expectations and then saying, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to do a whole lot, but I do need you to respect this time so that no one was giving me a hard time. Why are you on your computer or things like that? You know, that happen when you're around people who aren't writers and don't understand what's going on. But also setting the boundaries with my kids and letting them know, you know, that during this time frame, I'm going to be working, I'm going to be writing and um, making sure that they're set up so that they don't have as much of a need for me during that time frame or that, you know, they, they have activities, they've been fed, all of those types of situations. So it, it is an exercise in learning how to not only manage your own time, but also to set Um, for lack of, you know, a different word, the boundaries around that time and creating a space and a place and, and a time frame that allows you to, to set those boundaries. Now, I realize that my life is not like everyone else's life and that other people have different restrictions on their time and different things going on. So in those cases, you really have to figure out when you can squeeze those moments in and how you can do it in a way that still allows you to get it done. When I was working on my very first book, Sunshine After the Storm, I actually had to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I worked late in the evenings after my kids were in bed and obviously five o'clock in the morning was before they got up because I had three kids five and under. There was not a lot of uh, free time for me to just squeeze in writing whenever I wanted and forget about uninterrupted writing time because anyone who has small children uh, knows that they don't necessarily respect your boundaries when you say it's mommy's writing time. So I had to find times in my schedule where I could fit those in and and I'm glad that I did that because if I had just been expecting that I would find some time in the normal day, I would have never gotten that book done. And finally, I just want to encourage everyone to give yourself grace. Um, we, we, we set our own timelines on these things, unless you're working with a traditional publisher who has deadlines set for you. We are often the ones in control of all things that happen with our book. So if, if there comes a time when you need to also step back and step away, you know, that's, that's okay to do too. Um, here I am. I, I originally, this book, Four Days in Paris, that I'm writing right now, I actually wrote the first draft of this book, and it was a little bit different of a storyline, but also very, very similar. And I wrote it in NaNoWriMo mm, six or seven, maybe even eight years ago. It's been a long time. And, um, you know, I, I pumped through the, the, the word count wrote a lot of stuff and then had to step away from it just because of life. And, you know, in some ways that was a good thing because by the time I came back to it, it took a different twist in the story. I knew a lot more about a lot of things relating to publishing and 
it wouldn't have been the best output if I had forced it forward. First of all, it would have been a nightmare for any editor because it was a hot mess. And I'd never written a fiction book ever before. So this is my first attempt to write a story. And there's a lot of holes in the story. There's a lot of character development issues. There's a lot of issues with scenes and with stuff that just doesn't need to be in the book. But when I came back to it later, when I was ready to move forward and had the time to focus on it, it's a much better end product. So I know we're all anxious to get our books written and done as quickly as we can. But I would say, you know, part of the making time for writing is also making time for revisions and for feedback and for critique and for all of those types of things so that you can make it as strong as possible. But one of the takeaways that I got from our workshop on on elements of a scene with Ennis um, Johnson which is available on demand on our website if you missed the live workshop. Um, But she really gave us permission to realize that, you know, our first and maybe even second or third books probably are not going to be the best books that anybody's ever read. And even, um, you know, authors who are are good authors, are well-known authors, or are publishing a lot of books and doing really well, like their first books were not mind-blowing, you know, earth-shattering books either because... It takes time to learn and develop. And the only way that you get better is to continue writing more. But you can't write more if you're not making space for writing in your life. And there's a lot of things to do as an author. We've talked in a lot of episodes about making space and room for all the marketing, for the author platform building, for all the things that we have to do. So on the one hand, I feel a little bit bad saying you've got to make space for writing, but it's the truth. I mean, at the end of the day, what good is it to market a book if it's not a book that people want to read and and buy and review and tell their friends about? So writing craft always has to be the first priority. Making time for more writing always has to be the first priority. And then you squeeze the rest in or hire other people to do the rest of it for you if you can't do it on your own. So anyway, for anybody who is struggling with getting their words in, with finding time to write, with all of those things, I know that this is not a method that's going to work for everybody, but I just wanted to share my experiences and just be there with you in spirit to say, I know what it's like to be so overwhelmed with life that writing a book just often gets pushed to the side. And basically what has to happen is you have to reach a point in time where it's more painful for you to not write than it is to figure out a way to get it into your schedule. And that's what happened to me. I reached the point where I am tired of consistently telling people, I'm working on my first book. I'm working on my first book. I'm actually writing like four of them. But I never get to that end state where people get to see that there's a book out there. So what's really the point if I'm if I'm not going to make the time to actually write the book and get it through the process? So again, I hope this is encouraging to you and not discouraging. I hope that maybe some of the tips and tools that or the strategies that I'm employing might be able to help you as you're going through as well. And I just want to encourage you because I will tell you the one thing that I know for sure now is that writing a good fiction book is hard. Hard, 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 hard work. So for all of you who are doing it, congratulations. Congratulations on any book, a children's book, a nonfiction, a self-help, a memoir, whatever you are writing. It's hard work to do this and to do it well. So you know what? Give yourself a pat on the back. Remind yourself that if it was easy, everybody would do it. And it may feel like everybody is doing it, but I assure you, everybody is not getting to the same place as everyone else in their book writing journey. So 
Make room in your schedule, look at your schedule, see where you can fit the time, see what's gonna work best for you. Find out, you know, test out different things, see what actually is working for you and what can be of the most benefit to you to move you forward and then do it. Because talking about a dream, I have a I have a, um, a little thing on my wall and it says, um, um, oh gosh, what does it say? It's not on my wall in this room and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But the, the essential to it is that, you know, a dream without work is just, it's just a dream. If you're not willing to actually find the time and take the time to do all the things required of being a successful author, then it's just a dream that you may never realize. So I want to encourage you to realize that book. I want you to find out whatever works for you, whether it's saying I'm going to write 500 words every day and who cares about meeting 50,000 words in one month because 500 words every day is still a lot or whether you're going to write in one chunk or lots of chunks or in the morning or at in the night. It doesn't matter. Just find what works for you and make it a part of your life and then create the protection around that time so that you can do it. Making sure you leave time for those times in your life when you're not going to be able to follow your plan 100%. Christmas is coming up. I don't plan on writing a lot over Christmas because I know that's my family time. That's my downtime. That's what I want to have. So I'm I'm boogieing to um, get as much as I can done in the me do in the getting as much done as I can in the meantime for anybody who actually made it this far in the podcast I'm not editing that out you're welcome um (laughs) but I made it this far without having to edit I don't want to go back on that little piece but anyway um you know It's finding what works for you and then it's finding a timeline and a plan and I don't want to say the same thing I've already said three times, a fourth time, but we're here for you to support you and if you need a place where you have a group of people supporting you, you know, the Women in Publishing Summit, if you get a ticket, you have a group in there. We also have our Write, Publish, Sell membership group, which is a phenomenal resource for people who just need some more help, some guidance, someone to answer questions, someone to push them along in their way, someone to um, give them feedback and create some structure around prioritizing your author journey. So I'll put the links to all of those things in our show notes. And thank you so much for listening. I hope that you're getting what you want from this podcast. And, you know, send us an email at support at summit.com if you have any feedback or ideas for content that you'd like to hear about or any of those things. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.